This book had its beginning 10 years ago in a series of brief discussions supplementing a text used in the classroom. The purpose was to amend certain theoretical views, even then generally questioned by economists, and to present most recent opinions on some other questions. These critical comments evolved into a course of lectures following an original outline and were at length reduced to manuscript in the form of a stenographic report made from day to day in the classroom. The propositions printed in italics were dictated to the class to give the keynote to the main divisions of the argument. Repeated revisions have shortened the text, cut out many digressions and illustrations, and remedied many of the faults both of thought and of expression. But no effort has been made to conceal or alter the original and essential character of the simple, informal, classroom-like talks by teacher to student. To this origin are traceable many conversational phrases and local illustrations, and the occasional use of the personal form of address. The lectures, at the outset, sought to give merely a summary of widely accepted economic theory, nor to offer any contribution to the subject. While they were in progress, however, special studies in the evolution of the economic concepts were pursued. And the manuscript of a book of that more special subject was carried well toward completion. That work, which it hoped some time to complete, was, for several reasons, put aside with the present text of preparing for publication. The economic theories of the present transition period share many discordant elements, yet the author felt that this attempt to unify the statement of principles in an elementary text explaining modern problems and consistent in its various parts helped to reveal to him both difficulties and possible solutions in the more special theoretical field. The unforeseen outcome of these varied studies is an elementary text embodying a new conception of the theory of distribution, an outline of which will be found in chapter 43. It is, in brief, a consistently subjective analysis of the relations of goods to wants, in place of the admixture of objective and subjective distinctions found in the traditional conceptions of rent, interest, and price. The beginning of the systematic study of economics, like the first steps in the language, is difficult because of the entire strangeness of the thought, and it is not to be hoped that any pedagogic device can do away with the need of strenuous thinking by the student. The aim, however, in the development of this theory of distribution has been to proceed by gradual steps, as in a series of geometrical propositions from the simple and familiar acts and experiences of the individual's everyday life through the more complex relations to the most complex, practical, economic problems of today. The hope has long been entertained by economists that a conception of the whole problem of value would be attained that would coordinate and unify the various laws, those of rent, wages, interest, etc. This solution has here been sought by development of recent theories the unit of a complex problem of value being the simplest immediate temporary gratification. Possibly some teachers will observe and regret the almost entire absence of critical discussions of controverted points in theory, which make up so large a part of some of the older texts. The more positive manner of presentation has been purposely adopted, and only such reference is made to the conflicting views as is needed to guard the student against misunderstanding his further reading. 
The author would not have it thought that he doubts the disciplinary value of economic theory or scientific worth for more advanced students, for, on the contrary, he believes in it, perhaps to an extreme degree, but, for his own part, he has become convinced of the unwisdom of carrying on these subtle controversies in classes of beginners. The inherent difficulties of the subject are great enough without the creation of the new ones. Fifty-seven chapters represent the work of the typical college course in elementary economics, allowing two chapters a week and a third meeting quickly for review and for discussion of questions, exercises, and reports. The subject is so large that it exists in so many places, hardly more than a suggestive outline. In the classroom work, it should be supplemented by other sources of information, such as personal observation by the students, many of the questions following the text serving to stimulate attention. Visits to local industries, interchange of opinions, examples given by the teacher, study and discussion, in the light of the principles stated in the text, and some such problems as are suggested in the appended list of questions collateral reading, the preparation of exercises, and the use of statistical material from the census, labor reports, etc., history and description of industries, history of the growth of economic ideas, suggestions from teachers, or changes that will make the text more useful in the classes, will be thankfully received by the author. Lack of space makes it impossible to mention by name the many sources to which the writer is indebted. Special acknowledgement, however, is gratefully made to C. H. Hull of Cornell University, to E. W. Kemmerer, now of the Philippine Treasury Department, and to U. G. Weatherly of the Indiana University, who have read large portions of the manuscript and have made many valuable suggestions, to the W. M. Daniels of Princeton University, who has read every page of the copy and to whom are due the greatest obligation for this numerous and able criticisms both of the argument and of the expression, to R.C. Brooks, now of the Swarthmore College, for a number of the questions in the appended list, and for helpful comments given while the course was developing, and to R.F. Hoxie, and to A.C. Mussey, whose thoughtful reading of the proof has eliminated many errors, but the defects remaining, nor of these friendly critiques, but the author alone, should be held accountable. No book on economics can today satisfy everybody, or even anybody, adds a friend. But with this book may go the hope that what has been written with love of truth and of democracy may serve, in a small way, both to further sound economic reasoning and to extend among American citizens a better understanding of the economic problems set for this generation to solve.